If you have your Bible today and you want to study with me what the Lord has laid upon my heart, I'm going to ask you to turn to the book of Philippians, and there is so much here in these 11th verses or in these 11 verses. Philippians chapter 2, beginning with verse number 1. And of course, Philippians was written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi. In chapter 2, verse number 1, Paul says to the church in Philippi, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and in one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And then he says in verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he's speaking of Jesus. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient, even unto the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven of things in earth and things under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now I'm going to stop reading right there this morning. Ask that you just bow your heads and let's pray and ask the Lord for His help, for His anointing and ministering the Word. Father, we are grateful today for the opportunity to come together to be in the house of God. And we are thankful this morning, Father, for the word of the Lord. We're thankful for the presence of the Holy Spirit that we have sensed, that we have felt as we have worshipped you. We come to the reading of your word today, Lord, and I just simply ask that you would allow me to be an instrument in your hands that you would divinely inspire my thoughts, that you would put your word in my mouth and that you would give me a divine ability to be an effective minister for the word of the Lord. I ask today, Heavenly Father, that you would bless me and anoint me to be a blessing. Give us ears to hear and hearts that are touched of God to receive. I would ask this morning, Lord, that everything that is said and everything that is done be said and done to glorify Christ 
and to edify the body of Christ. And for all of these things, we will be eternally grateful. And we ask him this morning in the mighty and awesome name of your son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And everyone in agreement with that prayer said amen. So I want to title our message this morning, Having the Mind of Christ. Having the Mind of Christ. As I mentioned prior to reading the scriptures, there is so much in those 11 verses. And much of it is very powerful. Much of it is very, very powerful. And, and we could touch upon a lot of different things this morning that are in those verses. I could hang my hat on... Wherefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. And I could preach for a good solid 45 minutes just there. I could preach about how that he made himself of no reputation, talking about Jesus. But he took upon himself the form of a servant. That scripture is talking about Jesus left the splendor of heaven and took upon himself the form of humanity and became a man like you and I. I could spend a lot of time talking about how he humbled himself and how he became obedient to the plan of God and how he surrendered to God's plan being the sacrifice for the sin of the world. There's a whole lot of stuff in those verses that I could preach about, but it is that fifth verse that I feel like the Holy Spirit has led me to for the service this morning. And I want to talk to you today about having the mind of Christ. Having the mind of Christ. As we begin today, let me pose a question to you. Do you suppose or do you believe that we can honestly have the mind of Christ? Can we honestly possess or have the mind of our Savior. Paul clearly tells us in verse number four that we are to have the mind of Christ. And you may be thinking to yourself, Pastor Gary, Jesus was the only begotten Son of God. We are nothing more than mere mortals. How can we have the mind of Christ? How in the world could we ever attain to such a lofty goal? And even if the answer to the question, can we have the mind of Christ, is yes, it brings up a whole new sort of questions. It brings up a whole new realm of questions, like what is the mind of Christ? What does the mind of Christ look like? How can we achieve it? How can we possess it? And so this morning, if you will allow me for just a few moments to share with you what I believe the Scripture is teaching us and how God wants us to have the mind of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me first of all begin by just simply um, explaining to you what the mind of Christ means. What the text is saying is that we are to have the same attitude or the same mindset 
The King James says the mind of Christ. Other translations say that we are to have the same attitude. We are to have the same disposition. We are to have the same process of thinking. Having the mind of Christ means to think as Christ thought. Having the mind of Christ means that we take the same approach and the same posture toward life. Having the mind of Christ means that we share the same viewpoint and the same convictions as the mind of Christ. This morning, I want to deal specifically with two questions. Number one, can we have the mind of Christ? And number two, what is the mind of Christ? So number one, let's take that first question, can we have? Let's start with that first question, can we have the mind of Christ? And verse 5 gives us the key to the answer to that question. Can we have the mind of Christ? Paul clearly says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. But I would submit to you this morning that what we need to understand about this fifth verse is that it is both a request and a commandment. And hear me out for a moment. It is a request and a commandment, an instruction. Amen. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It is a request because we must let it happen, or we must allow it to happen. So understand when Paul says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, that that statement that he makes is a request from God. Amen. It is a request because we have to allow it to happen. And it's a command because we cannot be successful in our Christian experience without allowing it to happen. So think about it for a, more, a moment, and I want to just talk about that one little word, let. The word let implies a requesting of permission on our part. The word let means that we must give our consent. Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. The word let means that we must give our consent. We must allow our mind to be transformed and into the thinking of Christ. Understand what I'm saying this morning is that we will not automatically have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ will not supernaturally impose its will upon our heart, but rather we must let this mind. We have, we play a part in that. We must let the mind of Christ. Let me give you an example of what I'm saying. Somebody mistreats you. And your first reaction is to make it crystal clear unto them that you do not appreciate what they have done. That's the flesh. Amen? I mean, someone says something about you or someone does something to you, and the first thing that we would desire to do in the flesh is to let them know that we think they are number one. 
The mind of Christ, however, would have us to be forgiving. The mind of Christ, however, would have us to refrain from retaliation. The mind of Christ, however, would have us to remain temperate and in control. Amen? Well, here's the question. Which one wins? The one you let have control. The one you let have control. The one you allow to operate in your life. The one that you allow to control. What I'm saying this morning is we must allow, we must surrender to the mind of Christ or the attitude or the conduct of Christ. You have heard me say it before, and I will say it again. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman, and he will not light upon you and cause you or force you to do anything in any way. He is a gentleman. He will allow you to know his will, and then he will allow you to walk in it or to reject it. And there are consequences for both. So let this mind be in you. We must allow it. We must let it. We must, we must surrender to it. We must let. We must let this mind be in us that was in Christ. It is also command in the sense that we cannot be a successful Christian. Or we cannot enjoy a, a, a successful Christian experience unless we allow our mind and our thoughts to be transformed and to be made like Christ. We must strive to get rid of our old stinking thinking. I have said this before. When I, when I gave my heart to Christ, when I surrendered to the Lord, my, my outward appearance did not change. My mind did not change. My mind held on to the same garbage that I'd been putting into it for years. Amen. What changed? My spirit. I was born again. Amen. There was a new spirit down on the inside of me, and there was a connection made with God, and fellowship was restored with the Lord. Now I had a responsibility, amen, to allow the word of the Lord to transform my mind and to transform the way I lived and transform the things that I've done. Hello? Amen. There was still some old stinking thinking in my heart and in my life. Amen. And when we come to Christ, we must, uh, amen, we must walk in such a manner, amen, that we strive to get rid of our old carnal reasoning and we strive to be transformed, not only in our heart, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse number one, Paul writes and he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. And then he says in verse two, and be not conformed to this world. Don't allow the world's thinking to conform you. 
Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. He's saying that we must put on the mind of Christ. He's saying that we have to have our mind renewed. Some of the things that we used to say and some of the things that we used to do, we don't say them anymore. We don't do them anymore. Why? Because our hearts have been transformed and our minds have been transformed. Amen. And our lives have been transformed by the power of a living God. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is a picture phrase. Amen. That is a picture phrase. In the Greek, it is a metamorphosis. It's, it's, you've seen, you've seen the caterpillar crawling across the limb and it crawls into a cocoon and it is transformed. It morphs into something completely different. And when it comes out of that cocoon, it comes out a beautiful butterfly. That's what he's talking about. He's saying, let the word of God. Don't be conformed to this world, but allow the word of God to transform your mind. Transform your thinking. Amen. He says, renewing your mind that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Amen. We must be renewed in our mindset. We must be renewed in our attitude, our heart, our disposition, our temperament. Amen. Our nature, our character. We need to be transformed. Amen. By the power of God's spirit and by the power of God's word, renewing our mind transforming our minds. So the answer to that first question, can we have the mind of Christ is yes. It is available to us. It is a resounding yes. Not only can we have it, but we must be renewed and operate with a new mindset. The attitude of Christ assures us Amen. Or the mindset or the mind of Christ assures us of success as we journey through life. Let's take the second question. What is the mind of Christ? Or maybe a better way of saying is what are or what were the attitudes of Jesus? Four things that the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart about this past week. The first thing that the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart through these verses Amen. First, the mind of Christ is an attitude of consolation. An attitude of consolation. What, the, what do you mean by consolation? Consolation simply equals encouragement. The mind of Christ is an attitude of encouragement. The mind of Christ is an attitude of encouragement. Look at verse number one. He says, if there be any consolation in Christ, amen, in its present context, the scripture is saying, amen, that we are to, we are to have the mind of Christ and be like Christ. And what was Christ like? He was an encourager. He was an encourager. He was one that encouraged and brought comfort and solace and exhortation and strength to others. 
I submit to you this morning that that is our same desire that we should encourage amen and lift one another up that should be our same goal the very heartbeat of christ is to encourage the very heartbeat of christ was to comfort and to strengthen the very heartbeat of christ is to cause believers to come together in unity and in one spirit and be busy about the ministry of his church the very heartbeat of Christ uh, was to dispose of murmuring and grumbling and complaining that weak in unity, the very heart beat of Christ uh, was to take the discouraged uh, and bring them comfort and joy. Guess what? That should be our same desire. Our heart should be to lift others up and to encourage others. How many of you know somebody that's down in this pandemic situation? How many of you know somebody that's about at wit's end? Then your job, my job, is to encourage them and strengthen them and bring them some solace and bring them some comfort and let them know that God cares about them. Amen. That is the very heartbeat of Christ. And that is what it means to put on the mind of Christ. Be an encourager. Be an encourager. Don't be a Debbie Downer. Hmm. <laughs> Hello? Comfort, encourage, strengthen. Look at verse 2. He says, unto us, be like-minded. Be the same way. Be just like Jesus. Console, comfort, encourage, exhort, strengthen. Do everything you can to be someone that uplifts others. Amen. Be so, how many of you have ever been around somebody that just, I mean, just the fact of being in their presence, you felt encouraged? Hello? Be that person. Be that person for someone else. Encourage others by having the attitude of Christ. And his attitude was one of consolation and encouragement and comfort. By having that, beloved, we need to understand that he's telling us to encourage one another, comfort one another, exhort and strengthen one another. Amen. When the Holy Spirit began to put this on my heart, I got to thinking, I just wonder what it would be like if all of the body of Christ would become an encourager, amen, instead of one that tries to put others in shackles and instead of one that tries to put others down, amen, what would it be like if the whole body of Christ, not talking about just Elevation Worship Center, but I'm talking about all of the body of Christ, what would it be like if the church, amen, would just put away their pointing finger and start to encourage somebody and let them know that Jesus loves them and let them know, yeah, we live in a rough world, but there's a God that's concerned about your need, and there's a God that's concerned about your problem. What would it look like if the whole church of the living God became an encourager to those that are lost? Can you imagine the spirit of unity that would flow through the church if we would become encouragers in the Lord? 
Amen. Can you imagine what it would be like if that spirit of unity could flow through the church and we would passionately encourage and comfort and console one another and lift one another up? We have a tendency in the body of Christ. We have a tendency that when others are down, we just pass by on the other side. Hello? Don't want to get involved. Well, I got news for you this morning. God wants us to be involved. If the body of Christ would become an encouraging, consoling, and comforting uh, body or, or empowerment in this world, there would be no place for murmuring and gossip. If the body of Christ would become an empowered amen, entity in this world to encourage and comfort and uplift, there would be no place for grumbling or disturbance in this world. There'd be no place for animosity between believers. There'd be no disunity, believe, organizations and denominations. If we would just come together under the banner of Jesus Christ and him crucified. You hear what I'm saying? We may have different points of view with some folks folks, and that's all right. Amen. But Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. If you believe that Jesus is the way, and Jesus is the way, and the life, and the truth, then you're my brother and my sister in the Lord. My desire, my desire for myself, my desire for Elevation Worship Center is that we become an encouraging uplifting, comforting, strengthening body in our community that admonishes others, that lifts up those that are hurting and lifts up those that are discouraged and lifts them up and gives them a comfort in their heart. That is the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you. Allow that to happen in your life. Allow that to happen. In your life. Secondly, the mindset of Christ was an attitude or is an attitude of love. Look at verse number one. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, he says, he says, and then if there is any comfort of love, the love that he speaks of is an attitude of love that Christ had for us. Agape love. The kind of love that Jesus had for us. So many times our, uh, help me Jesus. So many times our love is conditional. I will love you if you do this, 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 and that, and this. That's not the kind of love that he has for us. Amen. Look at Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8. It says, God commended his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we were unlovable, when we were lost in our sin, when we were dead in our trespasses, he loved us. That's the kind of love that we need to put on for others. First John chapter 3 and verse number 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. The mind of Christ is one of love toward all mankind because he freely laid down his life for us. We should love 
those who are seemingly unlovable. We should have a godly love in our heart that reaches out to them. Look again at his admonishment. He says, be like-minded. Beloved, we are to have the same mindset of love toward others that Christ has had and has toward us. There were moments in my life when I didn't even like myself. Hello? Moments in my life when I was in sin and unlovable, and yet he loved me. That's the kind of love that we are to put on. Imagine the unity of the spirit that would exist within the body of Christ if the church world had that kind of love toward others. There would be no bitterness. There would be no anger. There would be no strife. There would be no action taken that would hurt or injure another. Love is the answer to unity. Love as the spirit of the Lord loves. How desperately the church world needs to have members that are filled with the love of God in their life. Jesus says these words in John chapter 13 and verse number 34. He says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. And then he goes on to say, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. John 15 and 12, he says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Romans 12 and 9, he says, love, let love be without dissimulation or without hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil and hold fast to that which is good. What he's telling us is that we need to have the mind of Christ and that the mind or the attitude of Christ was a loving heart toward others, even when they seem or appear to be unlovable. Thank God that he saw past what we were and he saw what we could be in him. And he loved us. That's the kind of mind, that's the kind of attitude that we need to put on ourselves. Thirdly, the mind of Christ is an attitude of compassion. It is an attitude of compassion. The American Standard Version says, tender mercies and compassions. The King James says, bowels of mercy. It means from your innermost being to have a compassionate heart. Jesus lived his life from a standpoint of compassion for others. Over and over again throughout the word of God, we see where Jesus was moved with compassion. Mark chapter 1 and verse 40 the Bible said that a leper came to him, kneeling before him and beseeching him that he would make him clean. And Jesus, the Bible said, was moved with compassion. And he reached out and touched him and said, I will be thou clean. 
Amen. Mark chapter 6 and verse number 34. Jesus came and saw a great multitude of people that had gathered unto him. And the Bible said that he was moved with compassion and he began to teach them as a shepherd, amen, that or as sheep that had no shepherd. The Bible says in Mark chapter 8 and verse 30 or verse 20, the Bible says, having compassion on the multitude, he said, I will not send these folks away without giving them something to eat. Uh, again, in Luke chapter 7, amen, the Bible said that Jesus is coming into the city of Nain and there is a funeral coming out uh, and a woman, a widow that had lost her only son, amen, they are carrying his casket. And there is weeping and there is a turmoil and grief. And Jesus had compassion upon her, walked up and touched the casket and turned the funeral procession into a parade. Why? Because he had compassion for her. In verse 13 of, of Luke chapter 7, it says, And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion upon her and said, Weep not. Compassion is a force that drove Christ to continue to reach out to others. It is, the, it is a driving force that causes him to continue to reach out to each one of us when we continue to fail. Amen. His tender mercies that make him continue to care for us. His tender mercies. The Bible said they are new every morning. And look what it says in verse 2 of that second chapter. Amen. In Philippians, Paul says that we are to be like-minded. We are to have that same attitude, that same disposition, that same mindset. To have compassion toward one another. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 8 says, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one for another. As brethren, be pitiful and be courteous. He's saying, be genuinely compassionate toward others. That's your, that's your calling Amen. We have the mind of Christ when we are allowing his tender mercies to flow through our life. Finally, number four, the mind of Christ is an attitude of humility. It is an attitude of humility. The Bible says in, in verse, uh, verse three, there it says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Esteem others better than themselves. The mindset of the attitude of a, of a humble heart, as Jesus portrays, is the mindset of one that is humble and, and, and prefers others or, or considers others above themselves. Look at the Bible says here, amen, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Don't try to puff up and don't try to, amen, pat yourself on the back, but be, be lowly at heart. Be humble. Jesus, he worked great miracles and there were times that he did almost seemingly impossible things. And then he told somebody, shh, don't tell anybody. 
There were times that he healed people and said, just keep it to yourself. Amen. There were times that they wanted to take him by force and make him to be king. And he just simply slipped out and exited from their presence. He was humble in heart. When others wanted to exalt him, when others, uh, amen, wanted to lift him up, his mindset was one of humility. And look at what it says in that second verse of that second chapter, be like-minded. Beloved, we're to say it, we're to have the same kind of mindset. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. First Corinthians chapter four and verse seven. I love this verse. I love this verse. Paul says to the Corinthian church, for who makes you to differ from another? And what have you, what hast thou, what have you, what do you have that you did not receive? And then he says, if you did, did receive it, then why do you glory as if you didn't receive it? He's saying, you know, I mean, those of you that have blessings and those of you that have been, you know, ministered to in the things of the world and, 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 and even, you know, super intelligence and a great, you know, position of authority. And he's, he said, why do you act like you did that on your own? You didn't do that. What he said is you don't have anything that you didn't receive. You don't have anything that wasn't given to you. So why are you all puffed up as if you did it yourself? I will tell you right up front, folks. I don't have anything. I don't have anything that God did not bless me with. I don't have anything that God did not give to me. In 1 Corinthians 4 and 7 in the God's Word translation, or God's Word translation, it says, Who says that you are any better than any other people? What do you have that wasn't given you? And then he goes on to say, If you were given what you have, why are you bragging about it if it wasn't a gift? So I'm just here to tell you this morning, everything that we have, everything that we own, everything that we are was a gift from the gracious hand of God. And we need not be puffed up about it. Some folks uh, uh, are, are offered prestige and position and power, and they don't care who they step on to get it. And when they get it, they are so proud of themselves Oh, that's the wrong attitude. Amen. Everything that we have and everything that we are is a gift from our Father. They are to recognize that God has blessed us. Amen. The Bible says Jesus spoke these words about being humble and about pride in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 4. He said, whosoever therefore shall humble himself as a little child, the same shall be great in the kingdom of God. Amen. You have to be humble in order to be exalted. Matthew 23 and 12, Jesus said, whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased or brought down low. And he that humbles himself shall be exalted. 
or lifted up. James chapter 4 verse 6 said he, God, gives more grace. Amen. Wherefore says he, God, resist the proud. God resists the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. James 4 and 10, he says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord that he may lift you up. First Peter 5 and 6 says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. I promise you here this morning that if you are all about lifting up yourself, you will be brought low. But if you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, God will make a way, amen, and make room for you to be elevated and lifted up. Jesus is our example of such. He humbled himself and became obedient unto God. Amen. And, and the Bible said because he humbly became obedient to the plan of God, God exalted him, amen, above everything, giving him a name that was above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that he is Lord. Mm. The mind of Christ is available. The mind of Christ is clear. It is a mind or an attitude of encouragement, a mind of uh, strengthening others and lifting others up. It is an attitude of love and compassion and humility. That's what we need to have in our lives. But we must Give it permission to operate. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. This morning, I want you to know that not only can we have the mind of Christ or the attributes of the mind of Christ, have that disposition, that, that, that part of him operating in our lives, we can have it. We can have an attitude or a mindset of humility and encouraging one another and comforting others and strengthening others and loving those that are around us and having compassionate hearts for those who are hurting. That is all available. But we must put it on. We must let. We must allow. And he asks us here this morning to let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. I will close with these words. Will you let? It is both a request and a command because we, we have to allow it to happen. We have to allow it to have freedom in our life. And it is also a command. We will never have good success until we do. If we will allow the mind of Christ to be our mindset, it will change our life and change the life of those that are around us. If you will, bow your heads, please, this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the example of our Savior, Jesus. We thank you this morning, Lord, that you have brought to our attention that we are to have the mind of Christ. And maybe we are here this morning, Lord, and 
We are not operating or allowing or letting the mind of Christ operate in our hearts as we should. Maybe we are not the encourager that we should be. Maybe we are not walking in humility as we should. Maybe we are not walking in love as we could. Speak to our hearts here today, Lord. Help us to be an encourager. Help us to walk in that humility. Help us to, amen, reach out to those who are hurting and those who are in need and allow the compassion of our Savior to be evident in our lives where we are preferring others, where we are lifting others up, where we are desiring to encourage and strengthen those that are about us. Help us to walk in the love of Jesus that not only changes our life, but lives that are around us. When they see the love of God and the presence of God, touch our hearts this morning, I pray. Speak to us. If we are deficient in any area that the scriptures have touched on this morning, then I pray that you will reveal that to us. And that you will touch our hearts and cause us to realize that we must let, we must allow the mind of Christ. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind and put on his attributes. Speak to our lives this morning in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you would be willing to slip up your hand. Say, Pastor Gary, okay, hands already going up. Yeah, Pastor Gary, I needed to hear. I needed to hear some of this today. I need to be an encourager. I need to put on some love. I need to put on some compassion. I need to, I need to, I need to have some changes. I need to let. I need to allow. I know it's real and I need to just allow it to happen in my life. And this morning I, I agreed to allow. I want, I want the move of God in my heart. I want my mind to be renewed. Any more hands? I want my heart to be renewed. I want my mind to be renewed. Hmm. Hands have been lifted all over the building this morning. Please stand. Please stand. Father, you saw hands this morning. You saw hands lifted for different reasons. And Father, you have spoke to hearts here this morning. And I am so very grateful. I'm so very thankful. Touch my life. Touch these hearts, these hands that have been lifted here this morning. Lord, allow, I pray, the presence of the Holy Spirit that has illuminated these areas of our lives. Allow the Holy Spirit to make changes. And, and in the next opportunity when we can be an encourager, let the mind of Christ come forth. At the next opportunity when we can be one that lifts others up, let the mind of Christ operate.
in our hearts. Lord, the next opportunity that we need to show love instead of retaliation, let the mind of Christ operate in us and let us reveal his love. At the next opportunity, Lord, when, amen, when we are faced with an opportunity where we can show the compassion of God, let, let the love and the compassion of Christ, the mind of Christ be evident in the way that we tackle the situation. Have your way in our lives, we pray. Speak to us here today and change us from the inside out. In Jesus' mighty name we ask. Amen and amen. Come and say.